Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome back for another edition of Kingdom Conversations. I'm so glad to have you joining us tonight as I have invited four men who have been reading through um, the first half of Joseph's story in the book of Genesis. And we are going to have an amazing conversation about the things of God as we learned from God's word. But what I'm going to do first is go around the table and I'm going to ask them, would you introduce yourself and um, since we're talking about the salt and light study, what is your favorite part of your daily quiet time? Uh, yes, my name is John Shores, and my f- I'm up early anyway, so I am always up early. But my f- the part I like the most is basically personalizing and bringing God's word into my life today. I love that too, how what happened 2,000 years ago speaks to us today. It's still yep. relevant. Yeah. Uh, Steve Harper, I, I know we're supposed to give different answers. Um, context is probably a more analytical, so it's, I like the context aspect. But I think the most enjoyable part, at least for me, is I, honestly speaking, I usually read my day and very little you know, comes up the first pass, mm. and then I start defining and going through context. And then at the end, when you have that personalization, yeah. something that actually touches you, you know, yes. deeper than it's, that's my favorite part. I totally agree with you with that process. And I especially like right before you, before he shows you something, there's something in that anticipation of what God is going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my favorite part, I'm John Katzenberger, by the way. Um, my favorite part, this Salt and Light came to me about 14 months ago. We had like a six-month-old at home, and he wasn't sleeping. And so my favorite part is just that it's the quiet time spent with the Lord. It's put me in this, it's given me this station, like this this routine, this thing, but I would look forward to it. I would do it at night because that was the only time I could guarantee it would be uninterrupted for a little bit. But just that opportunity to stop and be be in somewhat at peace and just wait for the Holy Spirit to speak to me. As you talked about, like, I'll read it once or twice and not much there, but just Mm -hmm. that, like, that snap, and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, Lord, that's what... That's what you want me to focus on today, and that's the thing you want me to carry through tomorrow. And um, so just that opportunity to sit there, the blessing that it is to sit there and study God's Word and let the Holy Spirit move um, daily Yes, is um, my favorite part. Yeah, I love that too. Uh, Joe Sango. So I, I appreciate the, the daily discipline mm. um, that it requires because I need that. Um, I can get spiritually lazy um, from time to time, every once in a while. Um, but I also appreciate the small bites of Scripture. Mm, yeah. um, it's, you know, each day you're really diving into sometimes two verses, two or three verses. And sometimes there's not a lot there in the beginning, but when you really work through it, like Steve just said, and kind of let it wash over you and read it four or five times because you can, because you're only studying two or three verses that day, um, I've never studied scripture like that yeah. before. Yeah. And so, and then also getting into the group with the other men and kind of hearing what they got out of those three 
versus um, can be powerful too, especially on you know days maybe where you struggled. Yeah. That's a powerful part is the community aspect. Like to do this in isolation, first of all, that's dangerous because we can be out of context and not know it. Community brings in that accountability. But the beauty of learning from the people around you, like, do you guys ever do this? I will read it and they'll go, yeah, I was, and they'll come up with a word. I'm like, where is that word that I would have totally missed because God had me looking at something else? So that community aspect. Um, So we're going to go around and we're going to talk about your favorite parts. I'm going to start with John Shores because he had a share that has stuck with me and we were talking about it prior to taping. And would you share with them what you learned about timing? from Joseph and God's timing. Yeah, so we, and this was in our group. So this is on our Wednesday night collectively together as a group talking through everything. So that is very, very important. Agreed, Mary. Um, But we were really kind of, you know, reading about when Joseph is is asking the baker and the cupbearer, to, you know, remember him when they get out of prison in three days after God interpreting their dreams. Um, And we kind of, you know, in our pea brains, you think that's going to be right now. Like, as soon as they get out, they're going to go, hey, Pharaoh, you got to check this guy out, and he's out. Yeah. And, you know, then you kind of jump ahead two years, and you see Pharaoh just on this search, which is really so relevant today because there's lots of people out there searching. They're searching and they, they, don't find the, they don't find answers. And Pharaoh had basically struck out in every worldly avenue um, with nothing. And, you know, his heart is totally softened. He's totally humbled. He doesn't know the answers. And the cupbearer says, I know a guy. And two years later, in God's perfect timing, Joseph is pulled out of prison, yeah. and, and God is recognized, and, and it's, it's all for his glory. Mm-hmm. Even Pharaoh recognizes that it is the living God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what and, would have happened yeah. if he'd been let go when um, he originally was supposed to two years earlier? The, you know, it's very hard for me to speculate, but given Pharaoh's mood, <laughs> and what happened to the baker? I'd say you probably want to end it up well. <laughs> <laughs> or he could have just ventured out into he the world have. and been yep. overlooked completely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Steve, how about you? What was something that really stirred your heart through this study? I think it's pretty cool, too, that he picked the exact right pharaoh, you know, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For, uh, when reading history and you see all these different types of, of pharaohs in these different <laughs> time periods and the one that he chose trust Joseph wholeheartedly and I don't everything through that was very uh, amazing which I guess leads me to my point of how God always has a purpose in everything that was one of my main takeaways uh, from it going all the way back I mean it, it applies to what you just said of course uh, as far as the cupbearer and exact timing of of when you know the message is displayed to Pharaoh but even going back of Joseph you know, why did he share his dreams with his brothers? You know, why you look at that as a very foolish activity, you would think, why would you, you know, share that, hey, you're going to be bowing down to me yeah. sometime soon yeah. and things of that nature. But it's all part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. And 
everything, um, when circumstances don't go our way, you get thrown in the pit, as Joseph did, you get thrown in jail, as Joseph did. Uh, we don't have to think, oh, what am I doing wrong? Why is God doing this to me? That's not what God's looking for. He's looking for us to elevate him, you know, in those circumstances to others and whoever will hear at those particular moments. Yeah, I think that was a big takeaway, seeing God's purpose in all of this. Joseph got it. Yeah, probably more than I do sometimes. John Katzenberger, how about you? I I mean, it's countless how many things I have, but kind of piggybacking on to Steve's, it's, you know, I don't know who said it, but it's I've heard it all my life, is that those that God prepare, like uses greatly, he constantly is preparing for those times, you know? Yeah. And you can see that in Joseph's life. We talked about it a little bit before the podcast. We don't ever, there's no recorded complaint of Joseph ever. There's, he never says, woe is me. He never says, why, Lord? There's nothing like that. And yet, that's what we do all the time, you know? And it's sometimes it's not even verbal. It's just like, oh, again, or whatever it may be. And so the one of the things that I've been inspired by was that just be happy in the place that you are right now. If it's good, rejoice in the Lord. If it's bad, rejoice in the Lord. But be happy where you are right now because God is using that specific time to prepare you for something down the line. Yeah. And so that's really been my the one thing I've personally tried to like impact and upon, upon my life every day after completing this study. And that's so opposite of what our world and our culture mm-hmm. tells us, right? It's yeah. Yeah. It tells You've us been to done be- wrong, you know, this and that and you yeah. got those voices coming in. You need to fight back, you need to do this. You never see that in Joseph's life. He yeah. just continues on. Yeah. And yeah, onward yeah. Christian soldier. Yeah, of. that's good. Steve Butler is um, taping for us tonight, and he, one of the things he was sharing in our conversation ahead of time was that we almost have a culture of victimization. You know, it's, it's coming in, but we don't see that in the story of Joseph. So what an inspiration that is. Joe, how about you? Yeah, so I'd, I'd build a little bit off of, of what John just said in that because he has this attitude, the lack of woe is me or the lack of victimhood, uh, everywhere he goes, he's elevated to a leadership position, yeah. even as a slave. Right. He, so he starts as a slave, then he's unjustly imprisoned, and Scripture says he's immediately given responsibility while he's in jail. And then obviously we know what happens under Pharaoh's reign. But I, there's so many lessons to be learned there for me um, as a as a father or as a as a you know a boss at work, if you will, and as, as a husband. Um, to really show up uh, as a leader, regardless of, of my circumstances and what's going on, I, 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 there's, I can still show up and I can still honor the Lord, yeah. um, regardless of, of what's happening to me in that moment or how I perceive what's happening to me, either wrongly or justified. So I'm not there yet, um, but if ever there was an example, I think that, that Joseph is that. So. When you were sharing that, it reminded me of something we talk about in Salt and Light. And there is the observation, which leads to revelation. And the difference is the observation is just information, but the revelation is what we're supposed to do with that. And something as a young Christian I used to fall into was I thought revelation should lead immediately to transformation, but it doesn't. It leads to sanctification. And that's where we keep falling down and getting up. And at the end of sanctification one day... We don't even see it happening because it's so supernatural. God gives us transformation. It's the fruit, right, that comes with that. 
You know, a big talking point in this story was about Joseph and Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. What'd you guys think about that? There are so many takeaways in our group on that. It was, and I, that was the beauty of being in our group, was that there was like two or two or three things I was like, I never would have thought about that. One of them said, one of them was, where's Potiphar? Yeah. How in the world does this happen daily and incessantly? Like these passes upon Joseph, where's where's the man of the house? Yeah. You know, and that was one of my things is know what's going on in your household. Right. You know, know the temperature. Like his wife was clearly not happy with him. Because she was going after Joseph. And so that was one of the things for sure. Yeah. Um, That was actually one of my husband's takeaways because I was so focused on Potiphar's wife. I couldn't believe she was behaving the way she... I was all over Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. And he said that. He said, well, where is Potiphar? Is he attending to her? Sorry, Scott. I didn't want to use your name. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, (laughs) well, I thought it was all you guys talking about that. Sorry. But I love that takeaway. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so not that it makes Potiphar's wife okay in what no, she did. It, it doesn't. But, but it yeah. really speaks into how important it, it is to attend to one another and to make the marriage a priority. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have any takeaways from um, any part of where we just finished reading in Joseph? I, I love John's takeaway there, but from a, a male standpoint, re- remembering what it was like when you were 20 years old, that self-control mm-hmm. as well that Joseph had and yeah, that, that being elevated up to second in command, mm-hmm. right? And still, well, I guess not at that point, sorry, so it's Potiphar, but still, it, you know, ruling over his household and the like and not letting that go to his head and not, you know, immediately thinking that he's above uh, God, who he's always pointed to first. Right. right, you know, said no. Why would I ever disrespect God? Yeah. But that aspect of being twenty years old and having that self-control and obedience to God really struck us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and we don't know the testing. I mean, you don't know. Again, we're seeing God's providence work out and testing, of 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 constant testing of Joseph. Yeah. You know, to and um and you know in my mind that was just another test, um, and and he again makes it about God. Yeah. What I love about tests that God gives us tests is he's a good teacher. And the tests are, he already knows what's in our heart. It's that it reveals to us in that. And we see, it goes back to, and I can't even remember if it's this podcast or the one we just taped, but uh, John Katzenberger talking about Joseph's obedience. Like that's, he keeps passing that test. He stays obedient no matter the circumstances. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. Joe, how about you? Yeah. Undoubtedly, the way that Joseph handled that situation, I believe, paid dividends much later in his life, probably not just for his own sake and navigating what was obviously probably a pretty traumatic experience, but there was others watching him, including Potiphar, that um, didn't, you know, would still be around and know who he was and know who his, his history was, even if it was years before, by the time he was elevated to his leadership role under Pharaoh. So it just speaks to his character and and undoubtedly how he handled that as a younger man um, was not forgotten as an older man. And when he gets to, when he gets to prison, even though he's unjustly, you know, convicted, so to speak, he's given a leadership role, like we said earlier. So, I mean, this, he was obviously known as somebody you could, you could trust um, despite what was being said about him. So it's that constant reminder that um, God is in control of opening and closing doors in our lives. It's not man. It's not merit. It's God. Um, 
John, we were talking earlier prior to this, and I love your takeaway about where people dwell. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it, we when we study Philippians, when, when we learn that memory verse, and it, that word dwell was something that really has stuck with me, and live in it, you know, and to be in the places that are holy and, and you know, all these things that we described. And when we're talking about the story in Judah and about after Joseph sold into slavery, Judah goes to a place he shouldn't be, and he marries a Canaanite, and he starts living a life, you know, he hasn't learned one lesson from his fathers or his grandfathers or anything. But then even when he goes to the sheep shearing and it's this big party, and then he, he sleeps with the who he thinks is a prostitute. And, you know, that was like my takeaway. It's not that I'm going out and going to strip clubs and stuff like that, but like he's putting himself in situations that he doesn't need. Yes. He, you're bringing yeah. trouble upon yourself. And one of the things I was mine was like dwell and it goes more to me, not like necessarily the action, but like what my mind is mm-hmm. living in. You know, yeah. is it living on my phone? Is it living on the things I'm watching? Is it, or is it dwelling in God's word? Mm-hmm. Is it dwelling in my salt and light book? Or is it dwelling in my Thursday night group with my guys and thinking about that conversation all week? Um, so that was one of the things that really struck me was how much, because this world, I would think more so than ever time in history. The, the Satan is just attacking us daily. Yeah. Just what is coming across our eyes. Yes. And especially as men, too, I would think. I mean, not that it doesn't happen with women, but, like, the temptations are so prevalent now. Mm-hmm. Just in, like, even when you're just watching a football game, right. you know? And it, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And how important it is, like, all of our memory verses in Genesis were about letting the Lord be our, our, our shield, you know? Yeah. And about how we need to literally have him as our shield from everything in this world that's going to come at us. Um, yeah. So that dwelling, where where is my mind, my heart, my soul dwelling? Um, that was one of the things that really, really spoke to me the entire eight weeks of study. As you just shared that, the Lord brought to mind a verse that I love, and I haven't looked at it in a really long time. It's Psalm 27, 4, and it says, One thing I ask from the Lord This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Like that where we dwell, that's where we go, you know. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's pretty cool that you say that because, like, personalization is kind of my favorite part of this. Mm -hmm. Mine is getting together with the guys. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Um, But throughout the day, I notice sometimes when I walk away from, from my dining room table in the morning, whether I have kids on me or not, whether it's quiet time or not, because I do it either way, um, it, I might not have that personalization at that time. Yeah. But yeah. It, I carry it all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God will speak to me at all different times, and all of a sudden it just clicks, and I get my personalization from that day, which is awesome. That only happens if I'm dwelling mm-hmm. yeah. in that yeah. wow, that's daily, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, so which true. is, which is, you know, which was awesome, yeah. man. You just yeah. kind of really, you know. Yeah. That is such true. Well, that's the difference between dwelling and just visiting. Like, yeah, exactly. You can visit your Bible study for 15 minutes every morning and you're essentially visiting with the Lord and then <laughs> or visit church. There or you visit, go. Visit church on the Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally yeah. doable to compartmentalize yeah. your faith. I mean, yeah. it, it happens all the mm-hmm. time. But man, if you spend the day and then you come back to it after dinner and something pops in your head, 
you spent a lot more time, you know, with the Lord that day than than you did those first 15. You would have those first 15. I've even had a couple of times when I literally am about to start the next day, I always go back and read the previous day just to kind of bring context into play. And the Lord will go, like, just knock me over the head with something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how did I even miss that? And... But, and then that that personalization carries under the ne- this following day and yeah but it, you have to like someone once said like when you dwell you pitch your tent mm-hmm. you ain't just throwing down a sleeping bag and getting it up the next day like you're literally setting camp there you know yeah. and it, when you're dwelling in it you're letting the Holy Spirit move in your life move in your heart move in your mind and then you can really really be changed yeah, yeah. and Joe you kind of touched on that during the day too in your work life in your in the worldly life, you know, in leadership roles, your responses change mm. and your interactions change when you're dwelling in, in that place with everybody that you interact with. Yeah. Um, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, we used to have a piece actually written into the guides, and um, we just didn't have room, so we took it out, but it was called Remember, and it was at the end. And what we would say is at the very end of the day to Practice the habit of remembering all day what God showed you. And let me just tell you, that sounds so easy, but I cannot tell you how many times, two hours later, I'm at a red light, and I'm like, Lord, what you show me this morning? And it was like, I could not recall it. And so I started taking pictures of my guide with my phone so I could go back. And I've not been practicing that. But there's a difference between visiting and dwelling. And I, I think out of this conversation tonight, like it's God's Word is living and active, and His Holy Spirit is so faithful to us. Like that dwelling is so huge in holiness. We were talking about how um, about how it's easy to have a root of bitterness and anger. Um, I don't want bitterness. I want holiness. But I can't have that if I'm not dwelling on the one who is holy. You know, it comes in there. So we're getting ready to, to close to a wrap-up. Tell me your final, what would be one thing, um, one more thing that God showed you through this study that has really impacted your life as we get ready to close this up. And then we're going to be starting the um, book of Titus, which the word self-control and discipline comes into Titus a whole lot. And I see these two tying together, don't you? Like you see that in Joseph's life, modeling that. And now we're going to hear Titus talk about that. With that said, one more thing. One of the earlier lessons um, from the very beginning of our last study was that sin truly rots your soul. We talked about hatred a lot, and the the word hated is like mentioned, I think, three or four times about how what the brothers felt about Joseph, but where that hatred took them. And um, we were talking earlier about how how having a feeling isn't necessarily a sin, but acting upon it and letting it fester... And when you do something wrong and not um, not asking the Lord for forgiveness, and Lord, please forgive me for that. Cut, cut that out of my life. But like when we let sin rot, like or dwell in our hearts, or yes. dwell, you know, it rots us, yeah. and it leads us. That little thought can lead to an action, which can lead to this consequence, which can lead to this consequence, and all of a sudden, we're way down the line yeah. of where we want to be. And it's just a, a simple thing, mm-hmm. you know. Joseph's brothers hated him, but, which led to them trying, talking about possibly murdering him. And then it was like, oh, we'll just sell him into slavery, and we'll make some money off of it. And, but the, 
all of that to be said that it doesn't matter what man's doing, yeah. like the Lord's going to use it for his for yes. his good yeah. and for his kingdom. Yeah. And that's that was one of the truly amazing things. And Joseph, it's like, what's, what's Joseph thinking when he's being sold into slavery? Mm-hmm. But look where, look where the Lord brings him at the end of the story. Yeah. You know, and just, anyway, that was a lot longer, and I'm probably sure I stepped on a lot of your guys' takes. But... I actually love that because I think that it, going back to what you were saying, it's so easy to get caught up in what's going on right now and to, to start to dwell and to go down this hole, and we miss out. I think, how many times have I missed out on something God had for me? He will always use it for His glory, always. Mm-hmm. But how many times have I missed out on something better? And I'll never even know it because I didn't choose obedience. I chose the opposite. Yeah. Steve, how about you? Quote came to my head with uh, Davis Rideout, who's in our group, and he made an analogy or a visual of Joseph jumping in the river with God, mm. in the river of God. <laughs> you know, not he can't control how fast that river is going, and sometimes it's going slower, and sometimes it's going faster. But he was all in, and I think that's just something that's kind of stuck with me. Yeah. You know, we always have those choices of visiting with God and sticking our toe in the river mm-hmm. versus just jumping all in Ooh, and truly dwelling. Yeah. I see a theme tonight as you guys are, as God is bringing things to mind. John, how about you? Um, you know, I, of course, Joseph's obedience is, um, is huge in the story, and, you know, I think obedience kind of carries uh, uh, like an unappealing attribute in today's world. You know, you kind of hear that and you're like, eh, it kind of sounds weak, it kind of sounds this. You know, one thing that I really loved about Joseph is everything he did and touched, he did it to God's glory, he did it to the best of his ability. And, you know, the, the only time you're really doing things to that caliber you're full of joy yeah, and you're full of peace, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Philippians talks about, you know, the peace of God, you know, yeah. focus on these things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Joseph is really inspiring because he, as I read that, I really feel like he was focused on those things that Paul talks about, jump ahead so far that Paul talks about focusing on these things, focus on the things that are true and just and honorable to God and the God of peace will be with you. And, you know, when you have those things and you have the fruit of the spirit, you're going to have joy in your heart and everything that you touch and do and every situation you're in and every, you know, in, in every aspect of your life is going to, you're going to have joy and peace. Yeah. And that's huge. So good. So good. Joe, how about you? Yeah, we haven't talked a lot about it tonight, but it, it, it's the ultimate story of forgiveness, too. Um, I just, I, it's a level of forgiveness that I'm not sure that I have within me, um, but it's just such a model um, for the right way and, and how it can be a release, because I know that you know when Joseph first sees his brothers, he's really emotional. So obviously what they did, there was some there's a scar. I mean, somebody throws you yes. in a pit, leaves you for dead, sells you to slavery. I get it. Right. Um, right. But it doesn't drive him um, and, and doesn't Ooh, end up being okay. his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and surely yes. if, if he can if he can release himself from that or, or use lean on the Lord to be released from that because he knows he's a part of, of, of a bigger story, surely so can I. And obviously Christ does that 
mm-hmm. um, for us as well. So yeah. it's just, uh, there's a lot of parallels there and a lot to be learned because we all have some forgiving to do, I'm sure, in yeah. many different ways in our lives. And if we don't do that, that's where grudges come mm-hmm. in and grudges still joy, they still peace, they still holiness. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the upside down kingdom. Mm. Yeah. Because the world expects you to retaliate in the same fashion they've treated you. Yeah. And when you do not do that, mm-hmm. you introduce mm-hmm. them to the upside down kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to close with something we do in our salt and light groups. And I'm going to ask you guys, what is one thing somebody else shared tonight that really spoke to you? Like every time you talk about the word of God, it's living. His word is living. It's active. And you take something else away. So I'm going to throw it to John Katzenberger. What is something somebody else shared tonight that really spoke to you? One of the things John just just mentioned too was about how when we're like doing things for the Lord, the joy that you find in that. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going to a high school camp and... Um, with a bunch of other Christians and just basically for a week just doing nothing but learning, you know, about God and, and Jesus and being out in nature and, you know, um, the joy that I found in that, you know what I'm saying? Or even just the joy of doing salt and light every day. Um, but how it's like a reminder to me, like, why don't you seek that out more often? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe just a little bit of salt and light each day, well, great, isn't enough. Maybe I need to do it more. You know, maybe I needed to, to do that mission trip or that, you know what I'm saying? Just that, because that reminder of that joy that only comes from Christ um, is something that's truly, truly uh, wonderful. So. As you said that, I thought it's saving that margin to be a doer mm-hmm. of what you're reading and you're hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Joe, how about you? You know, I think that a lot of the guys had a theme of contentment. Um, and I, I just, I know when I'm most unsettled, um, it's probably because I, I just feel like something's off or I'm, I'm owed something or I, I'm uh, something I, I expected didn't happen. And if I, you know, Joseph goes through his entire life like that. Um, and, but it just doesn't change, um, change the way that he interacts with other people. Um, and it just, the bitterness never comes through. And, and I think that all of these guys share different parts of that, mm-hmm. um, that really kind of, that really kind of reinforced that theme of, of, geez, I could, I could probably use a lot more of this type of true peace giving yeah. contentment. Yeah. Um, and I need, I, I need to be intentional, um, about cultivating that in my own life. Isn't that true? When we see somebody model that, genuinely model that, it draws us to want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they saw God in him. Steve, how about you? I think I'm going to use John's in, in dwelling again. Um, as he walked through everything, my mind was racing, and he, he went off on a tangent a bit with Judah, you know, and Tamar, and thinking about that and thinking about how he is led there. You know, he dwelled away from his family. Mm-hmm. He maybe picked up friends that were questionable in nature and belief and led him down bad paths, you know, at a time when, you know, we're really praying for our children's friends and, you know, shaping those relationships and where you dwell, uh, both the li- literal, I guess, physical friends as well as the figurative and, and spending time in the Word and making sure the Word's dwelling in your heart. But that aspect's 
Yeah. It's just going in my head a lot, so I'm going to be thinking about that quite a bit. Yeah, me too. John, how about you? Uh, yeah, I really like the visit and dwelling, Joe. So, yeah, nice, uh, nice little takeaway there, buddy. Um, but uh, yeah, d- obedience and peace and joy, and y- you know the, you know when you find when you find peace and joy even in the heartaches or the people that you come across that you don't want to be around, <laughs> or the ones that don't want to be around you, um, you know you're really dwelling. You're, you're, you're in the river, you know, the rapids are rolling. Um, and you know, when you're in that river on faith and trust in God, um, and understanding that, uh, his timing is not our timing and our expectations are different than his expectations is huge. Yeah. Well, I pray that you were so blessed tonight as we talked with these four men. Um, And if you would like to learn more about Salt and Light Ministries here at Faith Covenant Church, feel free to uh, give us a call or send an email. We would love to have you. I know that if you are a a gentleman and you are listening tonight and you want to be a part of a group, we have some men here who just love leading and sitting and being with other men as they read through the Word of God. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.